may the Lord bless you, brothers and sisters, and all of those that are attentive to hear the audio, hear our reflection today. I'm going to be answering a few questions that I have received by email. And then as well, we were going to be reading a few verses to glorify and honor the name of our Lord. Being able to learn of the doctrine, our purpose of each day being closer to our Lord. When we have knowledge of doctrine, we are closer to the Lord and we say we have a union with him and this is what we want. To have fellowship with the Lord. That he be so close to us and that we give him what he deserves. So in one of the questions I received, someone says that they have a family member in their household or their family. There is a family member, a sister who has been around 20 years in the church. And this sister says many coarse words and thinks and believes in many superstitions. She becomes angry when they try to teach her or correct her, when they tell her that that is not correct before the Lord. She becomes very upset. So my advice is for the sister who perhaps is listening. My advice to you is that you should grow in your spiritual life. If you have been 20 years in the church, take advantage of time to grow, to have the spiritual gifts, to serve the Lord. Try to change so that you will not stay stuck in your spiritual life. They're paused, nor here nor there, as the sayings go but that you be a person that each day matures in the spiritual, that you acquire knowledge and that you be transformed because I believe in the heart there exists that love towards God and that desire to serve him, that desire to do the will of God and to please the Lord. For this, you need to begin to change with your vocabulary. Be cautious of your words and do not let yourself be taken over with angry, with rage, with the wrath, rage, because all of these things do not produce any fruits spiritually. What the Lord does is turn away. He removes the blessings when the persons act in this manner. And if someone is trying to correct you, well, I think from now on, no one is going to need to correct you because you yourself are going to reflect upon this and make the decision to change and please the Lord. So I congratulate you because I think that you from now on are going to change in a different way of life. Everything towards better, towards triumphs and victories in the Lord. The next question that they ask, and someone says, is it incorrect that a brother or sister who attend church, and they have been a time in the church, many years perhaps, that they marry someone who doesn't attend church? 
And my advice that it is incorrect because there is no understanding between the two because there is not any suitability at least in the spiritual aspect in your belief towards God and you're going to have later problems if the sister marries a man who is not of the church you will have problems later if a brother of the church marries a woman who is not of church you're going to have problems in the future and probably the marriage will not last long but will end in divorce what is sad and regretful is the later there are children involved you will divorce and then the children will be small and that is sad because the children feel trauma and this harms them the children are harmed with this separation and divorce and this the men and women should think about before making a de decision of divorce think of the children some persons say i don't care about my children i don't care the children i care about my own happiness i have heard this i've heard some men and women speak like this but that is so sad because that is called being selfish that is not loving your neighbor and loving your neighbor is this if you love your children you want the best for them you want their well-being so you try to understand your spouse you avoid the divorce until your children maybe are even older but you can reach this when you both believe the same thing when you both attend church believe and trust in the lord and search for him but if it is not that way because of this question my advice is that you are careful and avoid making that step of marriage with a person who is not in compatibility with your religious ideas your spiritual identity that would be my advice it is not an obligation nor is it a commandment but between what the apostles teach us they advise us to do things right as well there's another question saying people who live together as a married couple but there is great misunderstanding there is abuse physically and mentally whether it be she to him or he to her and they no longer tolerate one another because this aggressive behavior is too much there are women that share that he almost choked her he strangled her that he showed her a knife he threatened her or he even showed her a gun and so of course now she's scared she's scared of him because perhaps he drinks and then he goes crazy and he begins to physically hit her he kicks her punches her other things all this physical aggression so the person asks do i need to tolerate this or can i get a divorce the bible the apostle paul teaches when he was giving advice regarding marriage the apostle paul said that his advice was to not divorce to continue forward in the marriage 
But that if a sister or a brother were suffering physical consequences from their partner, if they were not of church, if they were not a believer, and this person of the church were suffering, that they separate. You can separate, the apostle said, because no one is enslaved to another. Enslaved or suffer physically without need. So the apostle advised, you can divorce. But what is sad is the apostle says, divorce and tells the woman, but do not remarry. You have to stay that way. Well, that is sad. That's difficult in your life. To that point, I don't give an opinion or I give advice or I say that you have to do that. That is each person's decision. And the Lord knows how he treats each person, those who divorce and those who separate. But again, I repeat, if in a household there exists violence, physical abuse, in those cases, yes, it is best to divorce. You may say to me, there exists physical violence in both who are in church or there exists violence in one of the two spouses goes to church and the other does not. So I say that either of the two cases is valid. If you both go to church and he has not taken the things of the Lord as serious or respects the Lord or doesn't value and mistreats you physically, drinks and does many wrongful things against you, you may divorce. Or if you have a spouse who is not in church and you are, but he or she is not, and there's physical aggression, like a person with schizophrenia in a specific moment because of drunkenness or because of drug addiction, so many reasons or causes, you may make the decision to divorce. Remember, the Apostle Paul said that no one needed to live, live enslaved to another. And it's unjust because this other person may even hurt you or kill you. And there, what's going to happen is murder in a household or a family simply because there was not enough wisdom. Wisdom is important to be prudent, to know how to do things, to know when to make a decision. And that And there is a very important role in the life of that person that they do things wisely, prudently, with intelligence. And as well that each person grasps onto the Lord in prayer and asks the Lord with all of your heart to help you so that as well the Lord may make the change and give you peace and joy. Very well. Another question says that if abortion is murder. And I say that when there is an intentional abortion, that is murder. But there are circumstances where there is a miscarriage where you lose the baby naturally, the body expels the child, the body... removes the child or the baby from the womb that is called a miscarriage that is natural that is not murder but if you as a woman are 
pregnant and expecting a child and you go to a place where they practice an abortion or it could be the hospital or whatever country where abortion is legal and you go to a hospital there to practice an abortion murder you commit murder and whoever practices the procedure the doctor commits murder If you go to a clandestine place that is not a hospital, but there are those that dedicate their job to this situation, you both commit murder. That is a sin before the Lord, because that is to remove the life of a being. All is resolved with prayer. If there is a woman who was raped and she became pregnant, so this would be unjust, but either way, pray to the Lord. And ask the Lord to help you. And the Lord will know whether he takes the life of that being in the womb or if the Lord wants for you to have that child. Perhaps it is for blessing for you in the future. I know many women whom were raped and became pregnant and they had their children. And their children now are adults. And those children are who took care of those women later in life. And she said, I was raped and my child is a product of that rape, but it doesn't hurt me. I don't regret it. I don't regret that that happened to me now because my child is my life. I, he is the apple of my eye. He helps me. He supports me. He watches over me. So in them exists a great gratitude to have those children who were conceived in the midst of a rape, but we see how in the end the Lord blessed them. So the Lord can bless. So there are persons that say, oh no, if it was a rape, then you have to go to the doctor to immediately take away that life. No, don't do that. Wait in God. Let be the Lord who makes a decision and not man to take the life of another. So in this, be cautious and wise. If you want to please God, Do all things correctly. Grasp on to prayer. For the Lord can do all. The Lord is power and he can do all things. So don't be anguished. Simply continue forward. Trust in the Lord. Believe in him and be steadfast for he can bless in all things. So let us now open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to reflect in a few verses. 26 to 32. Uh, vice from the Apostle Paul that he gave to the church of Ephesus during that era, which today as well, we can put into practice because it is of value to us for our the growth of our spiritual life and to please the Lord. So here in verse 26, the Apostle says, Be angry. He's saying to the people, he's saying to the believers, to the followers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking to the church and he says, be angry. Yes, you can be angry. In some places or countries, they say you're enraged. In others, he says he's furious. In others, he may say, I'm irate. Whatever word you may put to this anger or this rage. So it says, be angry, meaning you can be full of anger in a specific moment or for whatever reason. And it, But it says, and do not sin. 
When you are angry or upset, do not sin. Do not sin means that do not do things crazy because of that rage. In a moment of anger, a person can insult, offend, or threaten, or even kill another. So this is what it says. Be angry and do not sin. Do not murder another. Do not insult. Do not offend another. Do not hurt another. Do not slander or speak against another. Do not slap someone or punch someone in the midst of your anger. Do not lose control. You can become angry, but be calm, be silent, walk, go around the block, leave where you are, leave that moment, go and breathe. And wait a time for that rage to calm down and then speak and dialogue and come to an agreement. Come to an agreement. Be angry and do not sin. So as to control the anger in that moment of not doing things in a crazy response. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Meaning, do not add sins on to fatal consequences because of your anger. In the future, those consequences are disastrous. And then you regret, oh, why did I let myself be angry? Why did I do that? Look at because of my anger, how many murders have there been because of rage? Because the other couldn't control himself. So he hurts another and that happened. And the apostle was right. 27, nor give place to the devil. Do not give the opportunity to the devil for you to sin or for you to fall in the trap, for you to do things that are inappropriate. Do not do that. Control yourself. Calm down. Analyze. Think. Reason. And control yourself. Ask the Lord to help you and you will see how all things will be different and all shall change. So do not give the opportunity to the devil. 28. Let him who stole, he gives examples here. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather work. It's better to work. Let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word, which is what we call coarse words, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. The believers in Jesus Christ, the children of God, the followers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, do not need to say coarse words. Here it says corrupt word. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, give good example and testimony to the hears, to those that are around us, to those that listen, see and hear us, give good example and testimony, but not with those bad words, with those harsh words. So this, let us be careful, because if we are practicing these things, we are not anything before the Lord. 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, means that there are many men and women who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had the spiritual gifts, 
and they still are sinning. They still fall in sin, saying these obscene words, believing in superstitions, believing in things, living in superstitions, traditions, living because of superstitions. All these things that the world creates that turn away from God. And with the sin, committing adultery, fornication, stealing, all these types of things, all these sins, and when they do that, they are grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit becomes sad and becomes dormant and sleeps and does not manifest in the person. But if the person does not repent, even one day the Lord can turn away from them and leaves them alone in the world, alone. is what is called to grieve the Holy Spirit. It becomes dim in the life of the person. And when the person begins to pray, the Lord does not hear them. When they begin to pray and say, oh, I don't feel the joy of the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit is there dormant or asleep or gone from the person because it's sad. That is what is called to grieve the Holy Spirit to stop it from the function of his life in the heart of each one of us. We stop the function of the Holy Spirit with our sins, with the inappropriate actions that we do or say. Let us be careful of these things. And the Holy Spirit was sealed for the day of redemption. The day of judgment, all have to have a seal, and all of those who have the seal will inherit eternal life. So he that grieves the Holy Spirit, the seal will be erased and removed. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put. It says, be put all these things away from you. You, the children of God, the believers in the gospel, do not need to be practicing all these things. You should not live in this, in this bitterness, this wrath, this anger, screaming, yelling, distrusting of God, in maliciousness, thinking all bad thoughts of others, judging others, and doing all these types of actions. This is not for the children of God. It's not for the believers of the gospel. Not for those who have the Holy Spirit. No. You have to turn away from all these things. 32. On the contrary, and be kind to one another. Kind is do what is right. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Good to one another with your families, with your household. Tender hearted, be good to one another, the husband with the wife, the wife with the husband, parents with their children, children with their parents, family members. Tender hearted, kind to one another, forgiving one another, turning away from bitterness, wrath, anger, all these sins, it says. Forgiving one another, we all need to be merciful with your family, household that we have to desire the happiness for another, merciful, that each have, that they have enough food, that they're happy. If they can't, I'm going to help you. This is what is called being merciful. Forgiving one another. Know that they're not exist. This revenge, 
Because the contrary of not forgiving is keeping a grudge in the heart, keeping a grudge or hate in the heart against someone who did something against me or made me suffer. So you keep that grudge and that hate. And no, we have to forgive one another. And someone says, but how can I forgive this person? He's schizophrenic. No, I can't forgive him because he's someone who is not well in their mental thinking. He's not well with his mind, but that's something different. You need to better yet flee from them and be cautious and pray to the Lord for the Lord to deliver that person and not they not act in that way. But we're thinking and talking about normal persons who commit sin and they keep grudges and hate in their heart and can change and can forgive. It says, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That the Lord forgave all of us in Jesus Christ. And just as the Lord forgave us, he wants for us as well not to commit sins and mistakes. And among each other, the same. When we ask for forgiveness, it's because I, again, am not going to offend that person. I'm not going to commit the mistake. And if I ask for forgiveness, I'm not going to commit the same fault or offend him. And if they ask me for forgiveness, I expect for that person not to commit the same mistake. But they repent and change to live better, to live a better life. This is what it means to forgive. To forgive and ask for forgiveness. That we have to change completely. To forgive and then the other day, the next day they do the same thing. That's not, that would not be called repent. Very well. All this advice that the apostle gives us, we hope to follow it with the help of our Lord. He's going to help us to follow all of these beautiful and glorious things he presents in his word. And may the Lord guard us and bless us all. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, Heavenly Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask, O Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the extend your hand of power. Let it be you blessing each man and woman, each brother and sister of the church, each person, even those who have not yet gone to church and hear us, that you bless them, each one. Give them wisdom and intelligence, knowledge, that you give them a new heart, a heart that is renewed and clean, that they are born again for you, and that you reveal and teach them your way and your holy word so that they may enjoy the blessings, they may change. And I ask, O oh Lord, for those men and women who are in church, who have been many years in the church, 5, 10, 15 or more years, and are still sinning. I ask for them, O oh Lord, that you extend your hand, deliver them, reveal, teach them, correct them, so that they may learn, so that they may change, repent, and truly do what is right and just before you so they may love you and search for you with their heart. Blessed Lord, all this I ask, my Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask for those who have an illness, diverse diseases, and there are many who have a sickness of all ages, asking that you extend your hand, heal, deliver. There have been many accidents in brothers and sisters of the church that you guard and protect and heal. Protect, O oh Lord, for all of this I know is the devil who is angry and envious, placing these traps in the brothers and sisters. Many who have coronavirus asking, O oh Lord, that you heal them, deliver them, because all this the devil does to distort the emotional stability of each one, 
to break the faith, to soften the faith and the trust that they have placed in you. For this, my Lord, asking that you extend your hand, bless them, heal them, deliver, guard and protect them all, Lord, from illnesses and all evil. Protect as well all those who are victims of witchcraft and sorceries and curses. Break chains and bondage and let them be free in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, my Father. The glory and honor is for you for now and evermore. Amen. Let us sing to the Lord chorus 160. A 160. I am glad. Soy feliz. Cristo me salvó. Soy feliz. Él me libertó. Soy feliz. Él me bautizó, canto gloria, aleluya, Él me libertó. Soy feliz, Cristo me salvó, soy feliz, Él me libertó. Soy feliz, Él me bautizó, canto gloria, aleluya. El me libertó. Glory and honor be to our Lord. May the Lord bless you greatly. I love you with all of my heart. Until the next time.